0: desk that our interns pushed across mm-hmm. is just like <laughs> it has to be talked about because he's this guy's the goat and we'll get to him in a second yeah. um, but also because we're trying to show our commitment to you the listener
1: that's right
0: and that's what's most important because we both have to cut that we could we could go forever on the topic we're going to talk about today <laughs> but we he just got off of his shitty job I'm about to go to my shitty job
1: yep. Dedication to you guys that we fit in between one shitty shift and another shitty shift to talk about aforementioned goat, what they are up to.
0: I'm currently working on a uh, a three split base mai tai that I
1: don't know what the fuck that means, but it sounds yummy.
0: Well, it's three types of rum. I've so heard
1: terms like that.
0: So we got two things of rum in here, plus a rum agricole. We got a creole shrub. This wow. is I know. This I don't is know a,
1: what any of that means, but I ju- I just call those slut drinks.
0: Yeah. This will make sure that I'm well tanked for my shift.
1: Yep. So, and I'm and I'm uh, again having our sponsor Ice House here, but they're cold.
0: <laughs> you can tell that we're taking this seriously now, folks. Will is making his shitty beer cold finally and yep. I'm still doing the same shit, but <laughs>
1: anything we want to bring up before we get to the reason for the season. There was a pretty well, good uh, update today in the realm of pop music.
0: Well, yeah, and that's why I'm having a drink right now, because I've been spazzing all day.
1: <laughs> oh, better bleep that one.
0: Yeah, wow, like, wow, I, I woke up spazzing. <laughs> I got my second coffee spazzing. You know, the news got me spazzing. These hoes got me spazzing.
1: Damn, John, you be spazzing.
0: I'm spazzed out and <laughs> shit. I need to timestamp that because we're gonna have to take
1: that out. Yep, gotta take it out. Fuck. We need to do it now before we have to do it retroactively and do the apology tour.
0: <laughs> uh I'm looking at an article here. Uh, because the news today about ableist language really got me, mm-hmm. you know, thinking. And you know, I love to read the news, you love reading the news. That's why we do this and it just you know everything galaxy brain was kind of like aligning because i'm i'm reading about this thing that i guess beyonce is still relevant so i, don't I mean know.
1: who didn't know that beyonce and drake hated disabled people though i knew
0: was it drake or was it a certain uh, globe shaped pop star <laughs> and i say globe shaped just because she's universally loved
1: where was it? Really, not Drake.
0: I think it was Lizzo.
1: No, it was Drake. No, I'm pretty sure Lizzo
0: did it for her her album, The Big Girls.
1: Maybe she also said the no no word.
0: Well, whoever, whichever one of those three lame ass pop stars decided to use it, um, you know, I it got me thinking about Lizzo, and I uh, I thought about a writer. That um, has recently been brought up in the news a lot, which is why we want to talk about this. Because this is a writer who is devoted to investigative journalism, devoted to getting to the root. You know, I'm saying this jokingly, but sometimes I read this shit and I'm like,
1: hmm. "That's the same, dude." The older I get, the more I'm like, "Ah, you know." I, well, and I, I, as we were building up to this, I was thinking back because I got made fun of before I knew who this illustrious man was as far as reputation. I encountered him, as I imagine some people have, for the first time uh, when he did the essay in the Criterion Collection release of White Dog. And I was obsessed. I was like, "Who this energy is off the charts. The vocabulary is like both needlessly hyperbolic, but I think really perfect if you actually dig into it.
0: It's great. It's one of the best.
1: It's incredible. And then also he did the essay for Revenge, the Goat Spielman movie and for Young Trolls Everlasting Moments. And I got obsessed with him and I was trying to talk to some other film fans about it. And Oh boy, did the eyebrows shoot up.
0: As they do as um, personally, I am, you know, I'm happy to prop up uh, black voices in this country.
1: Is that yeah? You that's what you what you do with your life mostly.
0: I'm always doing it. <laughs> I've I, yeah. I'm always a real it. a
1: real fucking SJW over here to that's, be sure. That's me, <laughs> Pepe the John Frog. What we call I, him off the air.
0: This is season okay. First off, this is season three. I have put away the Pepe gear. I'm learning about things. <clears throat>
1: Wait, is this really season three now? I made the last episode season two still. Is this the is this season two? I,
0: I think Apple is gonna do that to us no matter what. I, you know what? Because like this reviewer, I don't go along with what the mainstream corporations right. tell us to do.
1: Do you have a do you do you do you wanna lead us in?
0: I do because yeah, I, I thought about this guy. Um I was thinking of an article he did <laughs> entitled um Lizzo's Neo Plantation Showbiz Trap (laughs) Where he says she looks like a 260 pound disco ball
1: Oh my god And
0: she performed at the, uh, the BET Awards Which I did see that performance And it sucked But I don't think that would I would for sure never say anything like that
1: See it's those moments though Where he That's where he he distracts from things. It's like when Lou Reed did his review of Kanye's fucking Yeezus album, right? It was Yeezus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When he reviewed Yeezus and he straight up just monologues on his deathbed, apparently about how brilliant it is. And then he's like, (laughs) and then he brings up the line. He's like, why did he have to say eat an Asian pussy? All I need is sweet and sour sauce. And the author we're talking about sometimes falls into that same trap where he's, he's doing something, Definitely really brilliant, and then gets this, I imagine, feisty little boy giggle in his head. He's like, I gotta see some shit.
0: <laughs> well, he's a lot like Lou Reed in that Lou Reed did write a song called uh I Wanna Be Black. Yes, he did, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Our cool thing for the day. Fortunately, for the person we're talking today, he doesn't have to want to be, he is, despite Ooh. his last name. And this is Armin White, the infamous film critic who writes for the National Review. He used to write for, I don't know, he was in Film Comment, Variety, Slate, all the good shit. He has gotten a lot of shit lately for being a National Review uh, critic. Mm -hmm. But Nevertheless, the guy still knows how to shoot a couple in there. Before we get to the the article in question, I'm just looking at his because uh, you can search all the articles he has, and these the headlines are enough. Rarely do I read them, but the headlines are incredible. Let's see. Before the, this one, there's Nope continues the castigation as entertainment trend. Jordan <laughs> Peele's latest punishing comedy exploits race anxiety again to no good effect. This one I really like. Meryl Streep, Political Prophetess. The three-time Oscar winners, feminist roles from Kramer onwards Sketch the Script, Christine Blasey-Fords, and Cassidy Hutchinson's of today. We're not going to read it for time, but in that, I did read that one. And that one's great because in that one, who does he say she should play in an upcoming movie? He says that she should play uh, Katanji (laughs) Brown-Jackson.
1: That's why. That's why you have to pay attention when you're, if you haven't dug through at all before, and you do because of this episode. When you start reading, fight yourself when you are just sneering, and truly leave yourself open, and you know let the let the moments let the moments sink in when they do, because it'll surprise you. Because you'll just be having a laugh, being like, "Who the fuck is this guy? He sounds like when Bell Hooks went fucking crazy and off her rocker." And then all of a sudden, just like with reading late stage bell hooks, you're like, well, goddamn, what was that though? I'm going to run that one back by, try to read it like that.
0: He He's a beautiful spectrum here. Also in this article, he says that he has long advocated for Jennifer Aniston to play Rachel Dolezal.
1: See, <laughs> <laughs> you now that's a real SJW there. I'll, I'll pop onto that. <laughs>
0: Just going through them real quick. Lightyear is consumerism for kids. (laughs) How Pixar and Disney groom through cartoon content.
1: That's right. He also is an expert at weaponizing already weaponized buzzwords back in the face of the people who get off on them the most. And I find that always something praiseworthy. (laughs) Well, see, this is he's so confounding
0: because you're right. Because then after that, he has something. Tom Cruise's hit revives Sternberg's last American film, *Jet Pilot* from 1957. Reminds conservatives to demand more of Hollywood. So he didn't like *Top Gun: Maverick*. No, because uh, he he really he really doesn't like it, which kind of surprised me.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh,
0: and then after that, it's Terence Davies' magnificent benediction.
1: <laughs> but see, this is why it's good too, because instead of someone like often when I try to talk about him with people the immediate jump is they're like oh he's just like he's in that class of fucking idiots like Slava Zizek and like all that and I'm like no you need to get off that shit though because that's wrong because Slava Zizek the reason he's not worthwhile is he's been a one trick pony since the early 2000s he just talks about the same 15 movies I know (laughs) just like fucking Kung Fu Panda and Hitchcock but Armand, on the other hand, will surprise you because he's getting will. in there and he's challenging himself.
0: Yeah, and his mouth isn't completely full of saliva. So <laughs> that also helps.
1: Wait, can you, do a, do you read the next headline in uh, a Zizek voice? <laughs> Is Father Stu
0: a religious film or an American film? Mark Wahlberg and Mel
1: Gibson take another step forward in their exemplary careers. That was so good. I got chills, man. And it's hot in Chicago today.
0: It's it is hot today. <laughs> oh, I'm just seeing that he also has taken shots at Kendrick Lamar. So,
1: <laughs> your buddy.
0: I, know, I like this guy. And and then right after that, Van Morrison's "Songs of the Free," a cultural and philosophical breakthrough album, asks the questions of the age. Damn, I gotta. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> a more See, that's in. why
1: earlier when you said deep dive episode i was like we could turn this into 25 episodes easily. <laughs> we could talk about this fool for days
0: i think we're gonna revisit i think we're I
1: this is a part one
0: we're going to get him on, too. He's very active on
1: Twitter. Yes, He doesn't fucking care. Yeah,
0: yeah. we're not making fun of you, Armin. I mean, some of your opinions like are... Hilarious, better, you'd like it
1: better if we did, though, I think.
0: Yeah, maybe you would. I mean, weirdly enough, we, I, you know... Just to show that before we read this, that this guy really will surprise you. We're going to take a quick uh, zoom into an, an article he did, his 2022 mid-year reckoning of the best films of the year. This is, pl- this is published on July 8th at 6.30 in the morning.
1: That's right. Eleven,
0: 11 moon. Re- oh, ugh, damn, I'm sound, sounding like Zizek over here. Eleven movies that beat Hollywood politics. <laughs> Enough of a Top Gun maverick veneration by liberal movie fans happy about the return of mindless 80s formulaic movies and also by non-discriminating conservatives who finally feel included in Hollywood's market calculations,
1: see fucking zing. Uh, yeah, and I disagree because I liked Maverick. Yeah, yeah. no, but that, but that's why he's great. And I'm not I'm not necessarily drawing this line here, but as we talked about this, and I dug back into some of his essays and shit, I did. It did keep coming to mind when I really decided to reread Pauline Kale, It's so often that you know, I'm fired up, my blood's boiling because I disagree so much, or I'm fired up, my blood boiling's because I disagree so hard. And I don't think, I'm not putting him on the same whatever, but I'm just saying he does, he at least smells a little bit of that kind of special critic that you can't pin down.
0: I mean, critics are critics, you know. I I will take some Armand over Pauline, though, any day.
1: Uh, I still can't.
0: I, but I'm, I'm not one of these Pauline haters. I like Pauline. know no, no, no,
1: you're not a hater. We wouldn't be friends if you were a full hater.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm totally not. Even though I did get an argument with a, a teacher my very first year of film school about her, she didn't like that she, Pauline Kale, had praised Body Double.
1: Um, what?
0: Yeah. It, it,
1: That's one of Pauline's greatest moments. That's how you know she's on the right side of shit. Yes,
0: yeah, so I was asked to leave the class. Okay. Okay. Um,
1: A plus, that means you won.
0: Yeah, yeah, she, never mind, I'm not going to take a (laughs) shot.
1: If any undergrads are listening, please, 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 always fight with your fucking professors. Don't let these fools convince you that the vanity project that is them teaching college uh, means something's true. Fight back.
0: She also got mad at me because I defended Tony Scott, and this was before the Tony Scott renaissance, too, so. I'd like to just establish my credentials.
1: Hey, real quick, before we move on, what was just na- throw one out there, one or two? What, were the, what was the kind of shit she considered considered the upper echelon?
0: I, I don't know. She was just kind of like a classic person, like uh, like whenever we talked about De Palma, it was like, but Hitchcock is far superior. Okay. And it was like, well, I guess, but like they're totally. I mean, they're very similar, but they're very different. And that's a kind of a weird way to...
1: Yeah, it's like people who can't... If you, you if the only way you can talk about the Beatles or the Rolling Stones is to compare them, then you don't actually have any interest or understanding of either. It's the same with Hitchcock and De Palma.
0: That's like me also being like best filmmaker that ever lived. And a, a favorite we'll get to of uh, Armin White, D.W. Griffith. Y- you know, it'd be like saying that. It's like, it's the same with Hitchcock. It's like the building blocks of cinema, like the thing, everything that we know... And, if, you know, it's invisible to us now in The Art of cinema, So it's like, yeah. anyway, well, let's not let's not drag that poor, probably fired teacher at Columbia now. Okay, continuing on. What this means for the mid-year reckoning is that we must acknowledge that the longing for entertainment post-COVID, but he says, unfortunately the most popular films. Oh, this is going to upset someone here. Yeah. On Maverick, The Batman, And everything, everywhere, all at once (laughs) are not good, just pathetic. (laughs) I will fully raise my empty Mai Tai glass to that one, uh, except for Top Gun, which I enjoyed. Batman, boring, stupid. Everything at once the most corny fucking thing I've ever seen. It's, well, good, everyone's going to get a new chance with it because it's coming back to theaters, so, uh, and it's longer now, so.
1: Thank God! Um, we just, I just got to make sure I see the original cut where they have the offens- offensive, offensive uh, Jewish credit in the closing credits before they changed it.
0: I'm not gonna read it. Oh wait, I don't have to. He goes into everything everywhere at once. I was I gonna read his review that. of that, but um, here we go, baby. This year's fallen movie standards match the disappointment felt everywhere in style, messaging, and leadership. Fanboy favorite. Everything everywhere all at once. Epitomize the faithlessness at the heart of comic book culture. Michelle Yeoh plays Evelyn Wong, Wang Wong, a Chinese immigrant land laundromat owner whose American-based working class struggles. Oh, what contemporary Hollywood film would dare recognize the moral struggles of white, native, black, Latin, Latin or Native Americans? I mean, he's got a point there. I don't know about white native white. I think we've probably established that by now. But well,
1: that's where we. That's where we. It's one of those. It's one of those uh, Armand borderline isms where you have to go. Ah, let's keep moving.
0: You can't. No, get, you, can't yeah. you hung up, okay? You're 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 on the run from the cops right now. You know, you're <laughs> jumping over the fence. You got snagged on the the barbed wire a little bit. Just keep going. Yeah, and the just like, amazing, when, you
1: right read, when you read, especially anything he's written in the last decade, since he's been only under fire, anytime you read it, try to read it and think about it the same speed at which he wrote it. <laughs> yeah. So just remember, all this shit's turned in at like six in the morning, which means he's been up all night. Uh-huh. So, just read it and let yourself trip, let yourself stumble, but keep fucking getting back up.
0: Yeah, especially if you're a fan of everyone, everywhere, everything together all at once. Because here he goes. Uncon- <laughs> this is, I love this is a, kind of a hang up for him. Unconcerned about the existence or nature of God. <laughs> Evelyn is caught up in a materialistic world of new beliefs. Her beta male husband, lesbian daughter and feminist IRS inspector. <laughs> The film's writing-directing team, The Daniels, Dan Kwan and Daniel Shiner, Scheinert, well, respectively Asian and Caucasian, challenge the real world by surrounding Evelyn in a circus-like multiverse, the new atheist box office utopia. (laughs) Evelyn's journey towards self-empowerment comes down to tortured Buddhism, just as the Daniels make tortured, semi-jokey art films, and these are the guys, right, who did the stupid movie with Harry Potter, and he's a dead farting corpse.
1: Yeah, Swiss Army Man, which I don't hate. Swiss Army Man, I think, I think is a. I'm not mad it exists. I'll certainly never head back there, but I'm not mad it exists. I think that movie, I don't think did any damage to the world. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't think it made things worse. That's what happens anytime I share my opinion. I can't, you
0: know, I can't take it.
1: <laughs> Why don't you talk to our guests
0: real quick? Did you say our guests? Or our listeners. No.
1: Well, here I'll, I'll tease them. And when you listen back to this, you have to beep it for real. Because we just got confirmation from Ye old Music Box that the first title in our uh upcoming next public venture got booked. And that is, uh, Uh, Yeah, you have to beep this though, because I'm going to say it so we can tease. Okay. Yeah, so our friend, I won't use the name in case he doesn't want to be on here, but the guy who does the booking for Universal is a real peach. And he loves the idea of highs and lows. And when we sent him this latest booking, one film of which is with Mm -hmm. Universal, he got real excited, just like he did last time when we sent him the booking for Daisy's Now High. So, <laughs> he's officially booked on 35. <laughs> and he's pumped that it's playing with <laughs> And remember, you got to keep all this in. Beep that shit. Yeah, but it's no. He's <laughs> it's like last time. He, he literally was like, wait, this double feature is amazing.
0: I'm curious what the reception
1: on that one's going to be like. I think it's going to be great. Um, but I love minorly Insider Baseball here for a moment when the guy who used to be the dude who booked all theatrical shit for Universal was leaving uh, those of us in the programming world were very sad and nervous about what would happen next because he was the best whether hooking us up with deals or making things happen lightning speed or shipping prints overnight that guy was great but Again, the new guy whose name I'll leave out because, you know, it's his choice. But he's fucking stellar. So shout out to Universal. As far as the big studios go, unless one of you decide to sponsor us, nobody's better as far as booking booking rep movies.
0: Yeah, I'll drink to that. We love them.
1: We love them. All right, let's continue.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. There's a little...
1: Okay, so let's do it. Let's climb into the the main event. Can you... Oh, no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. Not so fast. Hold on, hold on. We're almost at the end. This is the... Okay, listen. We have to get people on board with him before we start reading this.
1: That's true. Yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right.
0: Okay. Continuing the article. Unschooled Marvel addicts who never heard of Kafka, Boonwell, or Chuck Jones easily fall... For this farce the Daniels refuse narrative convention in order to represent our our culture's gradual decline into disorder Evelyn against the world through various dimensions celebrates autism as
1: insight <laughs> that's not the line to read to get people on his side John <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that wasn't that, that wasn't it that wasn't the one <laughs> he's he's good listen
0: listen, listen. don't fall for the politics okay um
1: well now that you've won everyone over with it hey.
0: i'm gonna win everyone over okay. the film's ultimate message be kind is spoken by two rocks <laughs> it's childish Um, Unlike the recent self-critical protest songs by Van Morrison and Bob Dylan that insist on responsible personal choices. Yo brings adults stability to the blackout skit chaos and cast of stupid human clowns. But the Daniels reduce life to just a statistical inevitability. It's nothing special. The final image of Earth as a gigantic spinning bagel, is as irrelevant as everything, and Top Gun Maverick astutely rejected by critic Gregory Solomon for pretending that America proves its valor by fighting an unnamed enemy. So, against Hollywood's politics, here are his best films of the year. So this is what I mean. This is going to help you get in the mindset of old Armand here. Number one, Ambulance. I'm not going to read the descriptions he gives for all these, but he does say that Ambulance, uh, some movies deceive us through excitement and fun, but Michael Bay uses the action genre as a poetic vision of contemporary American disunity, an exhilarating cry for E Pluribus unum. I'm not going to disagree with that one.
1: Man, and I, yeah, keep going, keep going. Can't get derailed. We got to save it for part two.
0: Yeah. We're going to break
1: down this top 10 in part two.
0: benediction terence davies was never more confessional or impassioned than when exploring the religious artistic sexual life of pacifist poet siegfried Sassoon.
1: i agree on that one yeah
0: no i'm with him i don't know what big bug is he likes father stew i don't know what great freedom is i don't know what how they got over is damn Uh, lost illusion but we get down to a movie called memoria Hmm. um a peach pong rosical and tilda swinton recall lost spirituality through memory and hope their sci-fi climax begs viewers to look deeper than marvel and the daniels um so the rest of the, the things he has on there he has a film called nitrum uh Petit. Oh, nitrum's
1: fucking awesome man that's the dude that made snowtown murders
0: oh well
1: i like that. good, good uh, shit you
0: love that he likes petite maman hmm Um
1: okay, you hear it, or are you gonna brush over it because you're wrong?
0: I I like that movie. I just don't like it as much as
1: oh, I'm gonna send you the text you sent me. You did not like that movie when you watched no, it. No,
0: I said I didn't like the fan base around it.
1: Okay, I'm gonna pull it. That's gonna be an episode image. You know
0: my reason no, you know. <laughs> All right, lest I start defending uh keep Roman going two, two. Um and then he also likes Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy. So
1: yeah, which was the, as we talked about last year, is definitely the better of the Rice Yuke Hamaguchi movies rather than Drive My Car.
0: He, it's impossible to tell where this guy's going to go next. So, anyway, yeah. here's where he went. And this is the thing he keeps tweeting about because I just started, subscribed to him on Twitter. He This is all he talks about now. Yep. Uh, and this has also been logged at 6 30 a.m. Always. Snydergate. A film and media scandal. The media with Rolling Stone, the latest player, are waging a coup against pop culture. This is in response to an article that was written by Rolling Stone, which was sort of an expose on um I guess the the you know the online sort of fandom around Zack Snyder and his Justice League movie. Basically the article says that. He essentially create you know hired companies to create bots which went out and praised the movie, which ended up winning it. It's dumb Oscar fan favorite Oscars or whatever, yeah. which I'm sure very much upsets Disney. Maybe we'll get to their relationship with Rolling Stone in a second. But we're starting with Snydergate, a film and media scandal. <laughs> Here we go. Media distrust not only applies to political journalism, entertainment journalism. Has always been infected by the profession's corruption, as demonstrated in Rolling Stone's recent 4,757 word takedown of <laughs> filmmaker Zack Snyder. <laughs> it's the latest example of the elite media's peculiar attack on a populist movement by demonizing fans of Snyder's superhero movies, especially the epic full length restoration of Justice League one of the very best American films this century.
1: <laughs> and really, just a quick aside real quick real quick aside. Just so just so everyone knows where I'm coming from as we go down this beautiful path. as John knows and has much to his chagrin a couple times, until Army of the Dead came out, And excluding um, fucking, wait, what's the doll one? What's the?
0: Sucker Punch?
1: Yeah, excluding Sucker Punch. I, since 300, have been one of those really intolerable people who is batting really hard for Zack Snyder to be taken seriously. Mostly because of, whether unintentionally or not, how agro-homosexual his movies are. Were, actually, were. Because it's where we jumped the shark fully with Army of the Dead, and that's why I'm out. But I was one of those people, and even I, as one of those people, and someone who greatly enjoyed uh, the the quote unquote in this moment restoration uh, of <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League, I enjoyed it immensely.
0: Yeah, will enjoying
1: that as one of the as one of the greatest films of the century, let alone the year is why I love Armand White and why I love to disagree with him continue
0: yeah I don't even have that enthusiasm if, if I look for the auteur stamp in that though it's at the very end of the movie where they bring back Jared Leto as the Joker that's and the worst part he, yeah it's, it looks like it's shot from an iPhone and he's like don't don't give me a reach around Batman <laughs> It's like, this
1: is still uh, and now we have John was smart. While I was watching the, the Justice League Snyder Cut three times in a row in one day, you were digging deeper into the, you know, movies of Roe Walsh or something. So, yeah. <laughs> is that what led to the Roe Walsh renaissance in your life?
0: Oh, yeah. When I started trying to go through
1: that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was trying to go through like yeah. a same person, all of the uh, the the raw Walshes that I'd skipped over, you know, like the ones that fell through the crack. And I'm like texting Will. I'm like, "Yo, this St. Louis Blues movie is like is really good. I mean, it's a little you know out of time and a little. Oh, work together but, on
1: that but, though.
0: But I was like, this movie is really interesting. And Will's like, I just watched the the Justice League again. <laughs> okay, so continuing with Snydergate, a film and media scandal. This media coup against popular passion started with the benign oddity of Snyder's films winning two commendations at last spring's Academy Awards ceremony. Hashtag Oscars cheer moment for the Flash Speed Force scene in ZSJL, stands for Zack Snyder's Justice League, and hashtag Oscars fan favorite for Snyder's Netflix project Army of the Dead. There was hardly enough time to assess the Motion Picture Academy's breaking of precedent and desperate groveling after viewership by initiating an internet-based vox pop distinct from the regular Oscars before corporate media, including Hollywood's trade press, began to question the legitimacy of those surprise wins. Hmm. Sounds like some Russian bots were afoot. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what worried about. I mean, I'm surprised he... Oh, wait, he does. Snyder's films beat out the more lucrative media favorites like Avengers Endgame and Spider Man Take Me Home. <laughs> That's what he wrote. I don't think it's all that.
1: <laughs> Take me home tonight.
0: We got to get him on the show. He's. I need to give up my role here. I Clearly, Armin is this. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: he rocks. So it is curious that Rolling Stone, no longer a cultural beacon after the collapse of pop music and music criticism, renounced the special triumph over art over commercialism. I mean, they were bought by, yeah, Penske Media Corporation. They now own our favorites, Variety
1: and Deadline Hollywood. Deadline, on the last episode, we talked about how great their repeating words and typos are.
0: Yeah, they, they're what a great uh, website. They. <laughs> okay, so after Spider Man Take Me Home, okay, so it is, uh, I read that. Okay, instead, the deep dive article exhibited the media partisanship of which we are increasingly suspect. In what is now referred to as Snydergate, it deployed bias against Snyder and his artistic handling of the DC universe. As with the Russia, Russia, Russia hoaxes yeah. and the J6 show trials. We
1: laugh. Yeah, kinda, what, is, uh, what does June 6th yeah, mean for those of us listening at home? That's
0: the January 6th, trials. That's, that's what we're talking uh, about, yeah, about. Got it. Thank you. So, Snydergate shows corporate media working against the public's best interests. Snyder's singular resistance to comic book movie formula is demeaned along with any taste that select media disapproves of as deplorable. Rolling Stones Tatiana Siegel used the same investigative journalism approach that seemed shady ever since Woodward and Bernstein glorified themselves for taking down Nixon's presidency. Again, Damn! Like,
1: I'm, listen to the, run that back. Hit I'm the right. rewind, fifteen I'm, seconds. I'm button drinking
0: to that minutes. one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wait here. Let me wait. Will you read that again?
0: Rolling Stones Tatiana Siegel used the same investigative journalism approach that seemed shady ever since Woodward and Bernstein glorified themselves. For taking down Nixon's presidency. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, we see you, Armin. Siegel yep. hides her snark and disbelief behind dubious facts. <laughs> also, this just made me think I would love to know what the author of a recent Steven Spielberg book, Armin White, has to say about the post. Mm hmm. Very curious. Okay, moving on first outing the validity of Snyder's Oscars victory, Siegel alleged behind-the-scenes industry skullduggery, accusing Snyder of using fake bots on social media to wage ad hominem attacks against Warner Brothers executives, specifically Jeff Johns and John Berg. Ugh, terrible. Ooh, Jeff, Jeff Johns and John Berg. Okay, Who impeded, who impeded Snyder's plans for DCU. <laughs> He had been chosen to design the architecture, connecting films in the franchise until the suits rescinded his leadership and vision. Siegel then discredited Snyder's Oscars victories by implying they resulted from his personal intrigue, his plot of corporate revenge, after Warner Brothers released the first version of Justice League, botched by industry hack and a little editorial ship here on my part, rapist Joss Whedon.
1: That's right.
0: Rolling Stone's allegations of social media shenanigans resemble the now obvious Democratic Party strategy of accusing others of your own tactics.
1: Get them. Get them. I need need another beer to crack, man. That's what happens when you don't give up on Armand, even if you're not feeling it at the top.
0: And here's what he says the Democratic Party strategies are. The magazine enlisted three cybersecurity firms that track social media traffic. Q5ID, Q5ID, Graphica and the Aletheia group to fact check the authenticity of the hashtag release the Snyder cut hashtag that had gone viral thus probably ensuring the Oscar victories that boon for democracy was unexpected and undesired by corporate bureaucrats and their media flunkies. He's getting on that fucking horse right now. Black beauty is steaming through the town. Uh, The beauty and power of Snyder's cinematic vision are what (laughs) matters most. But Rolling Stone's allegation of showbiz treachery demonstrates how venal media operatives, always corporate allies, can be. Always corporate
1: allies. That's right. That's right.
0: Rolling Stone demonizes Snyder because his artistry doesn't fit the rampant gnosticism of Snyder's competitor, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which godless corporate media endorses. (laughs) Ain't I been saying it. (laughs) damn armin go off son if Siegel's interference in show business using rolling stone's prominence to corroborate mainstream attacks on snyder seems familiar that's because it is indeed similar to the excuses and recriminations used in political monkey business Wow. Notice how Siegel employs J6 committee insinuations when defaming the use of social media by Snyder supporters as though they were conservative protesters. She mentions threats against the safety of Warner Brothers employees, even implying criminal misconduct, which I guess accuses Snyder of stealing his own intellectual property from his Warner Brothers employers. Fact is, Siegel stooges for Warner Brothers just as corporate media does for the Biden regime.
1: Sorry, right, Get it in. Get it in.
0: Again, I did find the bullshit.
1: We need Democrat digs all day, every day.
0: She's a trade war assassin known for besmirching entertainment figures. Scott Rudin. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. He's yeah, been great guy. That guy, yeah. Uh, Amber Heard and others. Listen, he's not perfect. Working in the same gotcha manner as Taylor Lorenz and the short-lived Disinformation Governance Board Czar Nina Jakovic. <laughs> Siegel's sinister gossip invokes the anti-racketeering RICO Act, a vicious counter to internet fan democracy. I am sure he is referencing the way Atlanta has treated uh, young stoner life and uh, really? recently, it's she who weaponizes the social media enthusiasm that should be seen as a victory of popular taste over mass indoctrination. okay here is here is the coup de gras the the perfect the perfect paragraph as one might say. agreed. <clears throat> Let me get
1: prepared. I read this shit while at the Howard station at 4 a.m because the The fucking metro doesn't run on Saturdays and Sundays uh, early enough to get me to fucking Lincoln Park for my shifts. So I have to just walk to the Howard Red Line station. So anyone who's been there knows what goes on there from about 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And so imagine the, you know, convulsions and sexual depravity that was happening in front of me while I chain smoked cigarettes reading this paragraph.
0: Okay. So here's the paragraph, and I'm just going to read through the rest of the. the other two paragraphs to close this out after. But I'll pause for a second. So let's yeah, let us
1: think in. Yeah.
0: Snyder's double Oscar win was stirring. It was like those January 6th crowd scenes. <laughs> the ones before the chaos at the Capitol that evoked what Griffith, <laughs> Ill, and Fritz Long understood about the power of surging Justifiably emboldened crowds, flowing banners, plus peaceable Jesus save signs, tell a different democratic story than the one that the corporate media wants us to swallow. Just take that in for a second. Ask. Check out the merits of ZSJL's Oscar certified, and that's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm -hmm. Oscar-certified, and it's Oscar-certified because they won a fake Oscar, Speed Force scene, where The Flash, Ezra Miller, runs so fast that he reverses time. Okay, I have to... All right, I'm just going to read that again. Check out the merits of ZSJL's (laughs) Oscar-certified Speed Force scene. (laughs) where the flash runs so fast, it reverses time. It's a rare example when an image's visceral impact is also emotionally rousing. It makes viewers cheer. Snyder depicts the emotional, the emotional intensity that Flash and cyborg feel suspended in their ethical teamwork. Just as this is amazing. Just as Homer described Achilles and Patroclus in the Iliad. In Marvel films, ticket buyers merely check off the routine fights, chases, explosions, and FX they've been trained to expect. A jaded response to stimuli, not to mythology or art. You heard it here, folks. And to final paragraph. I mean, it's kind of hard to move on to the final paragraph when you think about that last one. That's... um,
1: yeah, I mean, he, even though I, I, I love what you're about to read, he should have stopped there.
0: He should have. Although This is pretty good. Publications from Vanity Fair to Vox have deemed the hashtag release the Snyder Cut fans as a toxic movement. Rolling Stone reinforces that insult in order to claim control of popular consciousness. Such rotten journalism is shockingly an to what's destroyed confidence in our political media. Similarly, focused on favoring or renouncing election results according to their partisan preference. Siegel ends her Rolling Stone attack with tyrannical fear, quoting a cybersecurity expert worried about the court of public opinion. (laughs) This replaces criticism and aesthetics. Wow. This replaces criticism and aesthetics. Okay. It's cultural (laughs) politics... Because in the end, oh wait, I guess let me—I should give that the emotional weight it needs.
1: Yeah, yeah hit it, hit that harder.
0: It's cultural politics.
1: No, deliver <laughs> it like, deliver it like you're doing it publicly. This is well, not—I'm reading
0: know. it based off of his punctuation, which I think. No, needs- no, no,
1: ignore that. Deliver this like you had. Just go back to what he mentioned earlier. This is a this is a Griffith scene or a Fritz long scene where you have a crowd of a hundred thousand people, and this is your final. Final statement to them. Read it like that. Ignore the punctuation.
0: This is not, <laughs> this is not how it's punctuated, but this is how it feels.
1: Okay, right. there you go.
0: It's cultural politics because, in the end, Snydergate is all about power. So I guess he's saying it's about power that the Snydergate people had, but then they didn't have because now. The the media is going against
1: them. He's just... Well, he's doing this really tricky dance here, in my opinion. This really tricky dance. Because, yeah, I don't want anyone to be defending this shit. But at the end of the day, it truly is a less sinister (laughs) situation for someone as unhinged as Zack Snyder to make an off-the-rails, doesn't-follow-the-rules way too long, way too indulgent, crazy thing like like uh like his his cut of Justice League rather than the Cannon Ham shit we're dealing with from Marvel, which is the same thing in my opinion as the Democratic Party.
0: I mean I'm not gonna I never you know I, no I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm just curious I know, but
1: like oh, go ahead.
0: As someone who does not have the same enthusiasm for Zack's ZSJL or Zack Snyder's Justice
1: League. um,
0: I really don't find it that indistinguishable from the Marvel movies, especially when it comes down to the climactic moments of a movie, which are like, to me, most of the reason one goes to a superhero movie are those big climactic moments. So the fact that they all look the same and that they all seem to follow the same story beats and plots Listen, I'm glad he wrote it too, but I, I, I've i never been able to distinguish a difference between the Marvel movies or that.
1: Will you do one thing for me? What? Watch one back-to-back. Mm. And I'm not even saying you don't even have to do Justice League, because that's long. You can just watch, don't even watch, and I'm not even going to ask you to watch the director's cut of Man of Steel. Watch Man of Steel back-to-back with Iron Man 2. As long as it's once they took, as long as we're post the first Iron Man, pick one. You can even just pick the shortest one. Watch it back to back. And again, I'm not, I'm not out here saying that like Zack Snyder is some is some like unheralded secret, you know, like voice of the people. The reason I like him is because, and you're gonna get mad, and I'm gonna see you twitch even at this. He reminds me, and I'm not saying he's the same because he's not, because it's different, because the world is a lot sicker and sadder than it was then, in my opinion. But he reminds me of the more unhinged, uncontrollable directors of the 70s. So we're talking to Michael uh, Cimino.
0: You, oh, uh, I, um...
1: And I'm not saying in talent, in execution, in ability by any way. But what I'm saying is this is someone who is able to get studio money And they literally every single time do whatever they want. And the majority of the time, it's a fucking mess. But they continue to do it and they continue to get the studio money and they continue to make Apocalypse Now Redux (laughs) every fucking time. And whether or not the final product is something that I'm saying is great or even a lot better than Marvel, I'm saying there's something to be said in celebrating is not even the word. There's something to be said in at least thinking about the fact that one of the cogs in the machine is able to do this over and over. They are not beholden to any sort of continuation or mythology or ongoing story or plug and play paint by numbers so that the next thing, whether made by them or not, can continue and make... What more are you more talking about?
0: The, ju- the, the, the All those superhero movies, they're all connected. They all end. And then but they, they're not, because that's they what we
1: talked about. But that's what Armand here talked about, is that well, Zach yeah. actually was the person to orchestrate that for DC, but they fired him. Yeah. They let him do that because he's crazy. Because he's truly a weirdo amongst these people who are ready to just take the paycheck. All right. The paycheck. I will...
0: I will, I will give you that he is probably something of an outlier. Now, what I will say is, though, since the 70s, these renegade rebel outliers have come down to a level of, like, they're not that indes- I mean, listen, we, we're now arguing against the Russo brothers and the Daniels. That's where we have come to...
1: But we're not, though. I know
0: you and I aren't, but that's where we've come down to as a culture. It's... Either it's the, corporate, it's the corporate sludge or it's these or the people with punch. a vision. Yeah, yeah, the fudge packing people with a vision <laughs> who are, you know, not that really not that good at their jobs. Like they just don't give you the same extremely algorithmic thing, even though their sensibilities are not that far from that. They're probably I would, I would I, I say he's probably less agreeable in the production office. I bet the Russo brothers were like, whatever you want, sure, go ahead. But it's sure. like someone like him, he probably for his dumb vision fights for it and wants his dumb vision to go through no matter what. So he has that spirit. He just doesn't have
1: the talent. But but at that point we're being very dangerously subjective.
0: But that's art.
1: Well, sure, 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 but you and I both fall on the same side as far as something like Heaven's Gate, right? We fall on we fall on the same side.
0: Let's find another person to uh, not Michael Cimino, aka Nikki. Why not? Because Michael Cimino, aka Nikki, is never delivered a bad film except maybe The Sun Chaser in in their in their
1: career. Well, but but their we not we don't need to, we don't need to literally compare them. I'm just using an example. And again, I, you know I agree with you. I'm not, I'm never once.
0: I think you more agree with our boy Armand. I think you and Armand agree on
1: No, no, no. I just think, so here's what I think. Here's why I'm so drawn to Armand White. And here's what I'm trying to say and I'm not doing well regarding Zack Snyder. You know those moments when you're at a bus stop or you're out in the world or whatever and someone who's clearly, you know, 110 sheets to the wind Sits down next to you or is on the boat.
0: <laughs> one way like, of putting it, yeah.
1: Like, you cannot, you can't escape it, right? You're just going to have to deal with it. Uh-huh. And so for a moment, and of course, barring, I promise to all the listeners out there, I'm not ignoring the the privilege or the both of the, the, the way that both of us look. And then we're not dealing with violence or sexual violence very often in these situations, if ever. Speak but, for yourself. Sure. You liked it, though, so it's fine.
0: <laughs> I asked
1: for it that's right yeah so in those moments right when you resign yourself you're like i'm just going to be stuck here whether it's for like five stops on your bus or out of your train stop whatever it is right you're like you resign yourself to this so don't leave Mm. you resign yourself to that this is what is going to be happening in the world that you inhabit for the next however long okay when you do that you open yourself a certain amount that you normally would not be so this person, however many sheets to the one they are, whatever those sheets are made of, all this shit, right, is mostly spouting stuff that is either like pure nonsense and you're trying not to laugh at them or just mind-numbingly offensive and you don't know how to handle it. But won't speak for everyone, in my experience, and I've also been the person Uh, who's doing this to someone. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds... If you you live in Los Angeles for the four years that I did, I might have been this person for you, and I'm sorry. But a couple moments always, in my experience, always emerge where these little jewels happen, where something comes out of this person's mouth, where you're like, God, despite the fact that they're definitely pissing down their leg and shitting in their pants, there's vomit on their shirt... They're offering me some nutter butters that like have mushrooms growing on them and not the fun kind, all this shit, right? There's a nugget here that I hadn't thought about and it's gonna worm its way in and you're gonna keep thinking about it at least for a while. Those moments happen when you open yourself to those people. Armand White is one of those people. It's just that he wasn't that person until 10 to 15 years ago. He was always a little off kilter. He was always wild. He was always unpredictable. He was always a bit of a risk if you hired him. But something happened where he became one of those people where most people are immediately allergic to him (laughs) inherently. And so when Armin became one of those people, most people dropped off. And fair enough. It's a lot to wade through. It's a lot to deal with. And a lot of people don't want to deal with that shit. And that's okay. I understand. But For those who are interested in the nuggets that can only emerge from people like that, brains like that, chaos like that, discomfort like that, Armand offers many, many a jewel like that. To me, his interest, not what he says, not what he lands on for his conclusions or his thesis, whatever it may be about Zack Snyder, that's not what is worthwhile here. I think the fact that he feels that it has to be talked about, that he feels that Zack Snyder is a subject to bring up. That's what we need to notice. And that's what we look at. I do not agree with where he lands ultimately. I do not agree that he's some undersung <laughs> hero who made the you know greatest movie of the last century. I don't even come close to any of that, but I do agree that there's something about it that there's something about him and there's something about the stuff that he's made where it's at least worth thinking about. That's where it comes to. And that's how I feel about Armand White, And that's why I love
0: him. <laughs> okay. yep. uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to edit any of that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's pure ice house brain there. Uh, yeah. What
1: when you fly too close to the sun, my friend. You know what?
0: I'm with you because okay, here's where I won't be with you. I will never be with you on even the slightest bit of enthusiasm for Zack Snyder or the yeah.
1: Daniels. Well, don't don't do that to me. Don't say or the you Daniels. You
0: loved everyone everywhere. I still haven't it. seen a bit. It's
1: first of all probably like it because I'm an asshole. Well,
0: you will for sure like it because you love to just give a little bit here and there.
1: Sure, sure
0: and I'm with you on Armand, I would say he is better than the schizophrenic person that accosts you at the bus stop. Do
1: you not think he's schizophrenic? It's just that he has somehow figured out a way to continue this career and have a roof over his head? Because to me, he's exactly the same as those people. He just, somehow, his guts, whether it's... He has a roof
0: over his head, unlike the schizophrenic person.
1: Yeah, but why does he where's the difference like what changed it where where was
0: because he writes for the national review because he knows how to listen Armin is good at being a really like i think authentic appreciator of film and cinema history without a doubt but he like any any film journalist that's been going for however many years he has has found his niche and he knows where to get his money because film criticism's pretty dead. Film journalism's over with, you don't make money from that anymore.
1: But is he not, is he not, he's always been a provocateur, sure.
0: Roger Ebert called him a troll, a beautiful troll.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I don't know about beautiful. Depends on the day. He's definitely, he's definitely a lovely troll.
0: Sometimes some of those headlines make me think he's a very beautiful troll. Agreed.
1: Agreed. Yeah. But do you think? Never mind. That doesn't matter. That doesn't. That doesn't fucking matter. At the end oh, of the no, day. No. No.
0: What? What? What were we gonna
1: say? I just again. I'm just gonna say it again. To me, Armand. Armand. Sorry, I keep saying Armand.
0: I like Armand.
1: Whatever. You know, it was it was a sign of respect when I was a young one. I pronounced everyone's names very uh, royally. Mm Because they they meant so much to me. And he was one of those early people because that white dog essay. Uh, So in my mind, Armand is a, a different household. And I don't know at all how he came up. No idea. To me, Armand is a different household raisings away from that guy at the bus stop. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying at the end of the day, it's not just because now he knows how to hustle. Now he knows print media is dead. Now he knows film criticism is dead. What I'm doing is getting needlessly metaphysical here for a second and suggesting that if Armand White was not the man that he knew we know and love and or hate or something in between, he would be the man at the bus stop and he would be just as much confusion, conversation and thought in that position and I've gone off the rails but I'll stand by <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I think that you said it beautifully or you said it let's just say that we'll set it and because I know that we don't have more time to devote to um, discussing this right now I'm going to let that hang and I'm going to think about that question when I have to re-edit it and listen to it again and I'll play it in my head yeah and we'll start the next show thinking about that because
1: part two coming soon. Yeah, because we've got we've got some shit to unpack on a personal and friendship level here. I think this is good. Yeah,
0: this is what Armand does for all of you. He is an entryway to that middle part of the Venn diagram between you and your friends, and you know he like
1: he's the drip.
0: He is the drip. Yeah, he's,
1: he's the drip it. that is not on the diagram. That happens when those diagrams come together. The shit that drips down and someone just wipes away, so it looks better. He's the drip.
0: He's dripping right into your hole, and <laughs> you're you can't really shake him from your your consciousness. And yeah. you might disagree with him, you might agree with him. That that is Armand the Enigma.
1: That's right, Armand and, the Enigma.
0: Yeah, maybe this just becomes a regular thing where we uh, <laughs> we we dig into a couple Armins because I mean,
1: can we get him on, man? Let's do. Let, no, time, let's start with that revenge essay, man. Do you remember that shit?
0: Kind of. I don't oh, really remember the movie, good. but um, oh, his
1: essay is better than the movie. I actually like that movie quite a bit, but his essay suggests something like truly really transformative happened. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe we'll read the White Dog essay again, because that is truly one of the best things that... um, That's one
1: of the best criterion essays, full stop, for my money.
0: Yeah. So, listen, you don't have to get mad at us for liking some things that Armand said. (laughs) I don't like a lot of things Will says, and we're friends, and we're still doing this.
1: Same, same, dude. Like, John, you know, John's a total spaz, and I don't normally (laughs) hang with spazes. And at the end of the day, John's going to head out that door... I'm gonna say goodbye. We're both gonna retire, and as we both step out of our doors, mine just to smoke a cigarette, John to go, you know, slap the pavement and walk 15 miles to his bartending gig. When he does that, what's gonna be running in both our heads? We gonna be alright.
0: <sighs> and we're gonna stop recording. Think that you would keep a secret from me when I know you like the back of my hand. Come on now, I can tell when you're on the low, trying to hide something, tryna hide something. Uh. You can't hide nothing. I've been watching you for a minute.